You're listening to Seeking Change, the podcast where industry collaborates on eco-efficient minerals and made possible by our visionary sponsors. In today's episode of the Spotlight Leader Conversations, our communications lead, Alva Goodbody, speaks with Peter Flanagan, Senior Vice President, Global Project Sales, Executive Accounts and Key Commodities at FL Schmidt a global provider of sustainable productivity to the cement and mining industries for over 135 years. Peter provides a rich and really informative discussion about how big processing equipment is changing to rise to the challenge of net zero and less water use in mining. Welcome to the Seek Spotlight Leader Conversations. Today I'm delighted to welcome Peter Flanagan from FL Smith. Peter's strong technical background in mining and cement technology know-how and project management for large industrial plants and projects. He's been with FL Smith since 2007, and his current role in the company is Senior Vice President, Global Project Sales, Executive Accounts, and Key Commodities. Pete, it's great to have you with us, and welcome. Thanks, Alva. Happy to be here. With COP26, there's now a keen focus by investors on net zero. What's FL Smith doing in this area, and what are your thoughts on industry opportunities? So thanks for that question. We at F.L. Smith, we're, we're working uh, really hard under a, a, a overarching banner that we call Mission Zero. And it's, it's really all encompassing across our two major industries, which are cement and mining, uh, and across all our technologies and processes, services to reach net zero by 2030. So the combination is key to energy efficiency and productivity. What's the impact of new technologies in this area and how do you think we can reduce emissions and the consumption of energy? In combination and and mining, we have a big responsibility to the overall um, mission zero of uh, of reducing power. And we're doing a lot of work in that at at, at FL Smith. And, you know, it's really all encompassing uh, as you know, stated earlier, we have a, a, a pit uh, to plant focus, and that's where we want to optimize. And so how do we spend less money, less, less um, energy breaking these, breaking these rocks? And you know, uh, some of the obvious ways are working on crushing and crushing things further, which reduces the amount that we have to mill. And of course, that milling on its own standpoint, how can we do that more efficient, efficiently? And that comes down to different areas. You know, it can be using uh, newer technology in mining, uh, HBGRs, which is really, you know, new technology. It's been around for 40 years in industry and 20 years uh, actively in mining. Uh, so I, you know, we, we still refer to it as new technology. I would say it's it's a maybe newer technology, mm-hmm. but not new. So there's a number of different areas, you know, we look at uh, where we can bring down the, the, the amount of energy per ton of, of ore produced. But a lot of it, of course, is dependent on the, on the ore. And we have uh, uh, different ores are going to use different machines like HPGRs. Uh, other ones may be more suited to traditional sag and ball mills. Uh, maybe going back and looking what was done in the past for certain softer ores uh, or medium type hardness ores 
uh, and using, you know, uh, ag mills, which don't have any balls in them at all. The material breaks itself. And maybe pebble mills downstream. So I think, you know, there's, it's an exciting space to be in because depending on the specific ore, uh, there could be different solutions that uh, certainly dramatically reduce some of the some of the power and energy that we need to put into getting this job done of breaking rocks to then further uh, take that powder that comes out of this and, and float it. And then on the other hand too, with coarse particle flotation, that means that we can float bigger stuff. So we need to grind less rocks. We'll grind the rocks uh, less further. So if we don't have to put as much energy into breaking them up, uh, uh, to float the same amount of material, copper, whatever metal we're trying to trying to float there, that's also a big win. So it's sort of looking at the whole flow sheet. Can we do more work upstream? Can we do better work downstream so we don't have to break it? And then if we do have to break these rocks, can we do more upstream and crushing? And when we finally get to grinding it up, uh, what machines and what processes are most applicable? And it's probably different between different orbits. So looking at mining and processing as a whole, what are you the most excited about in this area? Um, for example, advances, innovations, and new options for industry? So there's a lot, again, going, getting back to that, that, that flow sheet, one in, in the pit. Uh, and again, it's not, not new, uh, but it's certainly not implemented everywhere we think it should be, and that's input crushing and conveying. Mm. And that's the, the, the ability to really get rid of trucks uh, that haul all this, all this ore and all this waste rock uh, up out of the pits and, and over to the process plant where we need to concentrate it or refine it or uh, beneficiate it. And now by using conveyors and putting the crusher down in the pit, I can do that without uh, 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 any trucks at all maybe a few short ones to take the short runs. And now I have uh, the ability uh, to, to really power the whole pit electrically, uh, as opposed to, you know, most truck operations are still require diesel. And many of them still require drivers and I can get rid of all that. So implant crushing conveying is a real exciting area. Another area that's really exciting is at the other end of the flow sheet, the tailings area. And, and now we're working, working hard and have some good smaller references on dry stack tailings, where instead of the tailings going out to a big wet pond, that can be a future liability, uh, we can actually recover all the water back into the process, 95, 96% of the water, and take that uh, residue, the, the leftover tailings, and actually stack it dry in layers uh, going up and building another another hill uh, that we can plant grass on and make it green. So what do you think is the future of mineral processing? So in the immediate future by 2030 and by 2050? Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of different things we're, we're working on and there's a lot of different uh, opportunities. And, you know, does that come with, with pre-concentration right now? We sort of, we dig up this, this, this rock in the pit and we kind of make one decision. Does it have enough metal in it for us to put it into the process plant uh, or not? 
And if it's not, it goes to waste rock. And if it is, it goes over to the process plant. Well, you know, maybe there's some ways, and, and obviously some of that stuff that we decide to process in the plant certainly is, is um, maybe not exactly what we do want to process in the plant. So how can we use sensors and digital uh, devices to look at that rock as it starts going through the process? And maybe after crushing, maybe we find out certain percent of it is too low grade. We're able to sense that. Maybe we can take that out. We will call that pre-concentration. Maybe once it gets crushed, we invest in milling it, but we're about to get to the flotation and we realize that there's a way to sense, again, with digital that, that some of this or probably isn't worth going through the rest of the process. So can we take it out at that part in the process? So I think a lot of these, you know, it used to be unit processes may make decisions on, do we continue to make the processing investment in that ore to take it all the way through? Or now it's just on or off. And again, coarse particle flotation fits into that. And then a lot of these ones, if, if we do take it out early, then it's easier to process for dry tails. It may not even have been made wet yet. So, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting area from a flow sheet perspective. And then the vertical roller mills, an interesting technology uh, that's been used in cement, well-proven for many years. Uh, it has some, some interesting attributes. And I think there's going to be a place for that in the, certainly in the common ocean flow sheet with certain orders of the future. What, what's your vision for potential opportunities in the future of industry? Again, I, I think the, this focus on, you know, a, a lot of us that, that worked through the last cycle, uh, it was all about tons. And how many tons can I get through, get out of the, get out of the mine? How many tons can I get through the process plant? Uh, and that was always talked about first. And obviously tons matter. That's a, you know, that's an efficiency scale and everything else. But I think now, you know, it's pretty exciting to hear everybody engaged in the sessions. Okay, how can I do tons, but how can I also do tons with less impact on the environment, with less energy, um, certainly with less uh, life cycle costs, long-term costs. So I think, you know, it's pretty exciting to be looking at this whole thing uh, holistically in mining. And what is the total cost of ownership? What really is the life cycle cost? What is the environmental cost? What is the environmental footprint? Uh, what is the water per ton? What is the energy per ton? Some of the, you know, the benchmarking that SEEK's doing right now fits in really well with that. So you have a worldwide view of mineral processing plants. Would you be able to share some ex inspiring examples of FL cement installations that are beginning to substantially save energy emissions and or water and what the size of that impact is? Yeah, you know, I mean, they go from big to little. We have this, uh, we have this little device that, that goes on a, a sag mill and, and listens for where the, the load of balls uh, in the sag mill are, are hitting. Obviously, you want these balls to hit the material you want to break, not the liners or things on the, on the other side. It's a small device, uh, and it has a, you know, a, a algorithms in a box that, that adjusts the speed of the mill and a camera that looks at the material coming into the mill. 
uh, to see what that looks like and put that together. And we've been putting these putting these things on some mills and you know seeing uh, paybacks uh, for the whole system that's measured in you know in a matter of of days or weeks, uh, not even not even months. So what breakthrough innovations could dramatically reduce mining's footprint in future and what's needed from the industry to invest for success? For example, eco-tails, dry separation or step change options? Yeah, I think uh, we, we just need to make a commitment to do it. And, and we did a lot of work at F.L. Smith with eco-tails, uh, partnered very close with a, with a major miner. Uh, and it was uh, a great journey. It was a three, four year journey. Uh, we're looking for other partnerships as FL Smith with uh, with miners and other stakeholders industry. We already have a lot of collaborations uh, around the world with different universities, uh, and we need to all come together and say we're going to do this. And this is do the homework. This is the the right solution. So the energy transition demands unprecedented change in more metals. What can we all learn from past innovation successes to help industry speed the pace to reduce mining's footprint and improve ESG? Well, again, I think, you know, the, it's true. The reality is the, the world's going to need a lot of copper to get the, get the power from where the wind blows and, and, and where the sun shines to where the people need it. And electric cars use, I don't know, something of three and a half, four times as much copper as uh, IC, internal combustion engine cars. And uh, obviously with these new batteries, we're gonna need a lot of nickel and a lot of lithium. So there's no way to transition uh, to this green economy without increasing the amount of metals that we pull out of the ground. So uh, of course, uh, the question is how do we do that uh, with the minimum impact? And you know, we talk about low carbon uh, and, and, and that gets a, a, a lot of the press, most of the press, it seems, generally. Uh, and, but, you know, in mining, I think it's, it's also important to us to be low impact. So low water usage, a low impact overall, and how do we do that? And, and overall, that's really what the Mission Zero stands for. It's not just zero carbon, it's zero impact, zero water waste, zero energy. And so I think, you know, these are, these are something that we're going to really need to work hard on. We want to transition the world to, to low carbon and we need all these metals. We got to get them. We got to get them out and uh, we got to figure out a way to do it, minimizing all that impact. And we're working hard on that at Smith. So Pete, thanks so much for your great insights today. It's wonderful to hear of the work that you're doing. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, I appreciate the questions. It's, uh, it's an exciting time to be in the, to be in the mining industry, Ava. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found value and ideas from this episode. Your voice can also help us to expand the conversation and actions around eco-efficient mineral processing. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a positive rating or even write a quick review on Google or Apple iTunes. If you'd like to stay informed and involved, you can tap into our free resources at our website, seekthefuture.org. That's C-E-E-C-thefuture.org. You can subscribe to our monthly Seek News, which also lets you know new podcasts, videos and events. And you can join our visionary sponsors. Just email admin at seekthefuture.org. 
Thank you.